Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. We like our rugby. We like talking about it. I'm joined by Alex. He's busy chucking in the background. How are you? <laughs> Sorry. I'm very well. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, ben, he's here too, uh, as always. Ben, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. And you, Adam? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, I'm all right. And uh, Matt, he's here as well. It's, it's the standard crew. How's it going, Matt? Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. No, I'm glad we're all well, fine, and not too bad. I think that's great. I know Monday, <laughs> Monday looms hard. So, uh, it's been a busy week of rugby and news and action. So, just for today's episode, just in the news section, we're going to discuss, discuss the unfortunate situation that is James Slipper. We're going to be talking just a little bit about the uh, very foolish nature that is Ruan Boetz and Falafanga and Raymond Rule, who all got red cards. And we'll just do a little bit of a disciplinary chat about that. The IB's tackle height proposed changes for the under-20s. I don't know about that. And then what we're going to do, we're going to then cover uh, just the weekend's games. I, I think all of us struggle to watch too much rugby for various reasons. And then afterwards, I'd say the highlight of the show, we'll be chatting about the Springbok squad and also just chatting about who might get on that plane to Russia. No, sorry, wrong sport. On that plane to the USA <laughs> for the Wales game. Um, and whether it's a good or bad thing if you name that squad. So, this will start things off. Guys, James Slipper. Second time he has tested positive for a cocaine test. Mm. Alex, what's going on there? Um, well, hasn't he kind of come out and said that he's been struggling with depression yeah. and, like, yeah, sort of emotional instability for a while now? Yeah, and his, his mom yeah, so, was diagnosed yeah. with cancer, I think, in September, reading a story here. Uh, okay, so that might have been, like, a bit of a trigger event for him. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like, like it, it's part of the bigger conversation about mental health in sports and for sporting professionals. And I mean, it wasn't so long ago that we had obviously the very tragic case of Dan Vickerman um, and his tragic passing. I mean, he committed suicide last year um, following, you know, quite extreme depression. And it wasn't really publicized. Um, I mean, obviously his death was publicized, but, you know, the, the causes, the leading up to it and the depression that was kind of glossed over by a few people. Um, I guess you don't want to speak ill of the, of the dead. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like slipper cocaine is probably the least of his issues, to be honest. Um, and this might end up being a really good thing for him. I hope it is. I hope he uses the two months off to just put himself together because he's always been a very good rugby player. Um, and I think he's got quite a good support base around him. Hopefully he uses it. Yeah, um, my, my just quick comment on it. Uh, agree with you 100%. Hopefully it comes back stronger. It's just interesting that Rugby Australia's policy where if you get tested, um, your first time you, you are caught uh, or contravene, that sort of test is, is virtually kept in-house and yeah. uh, subject to privacy, which I don't disagree with, actually. It kind of gives the player an opportunity to come back. And then, then the second test, it goes a bit more public. So I think it's an interesting way to go about it, and it seems like, a, I think, a, a bit more of a thoughtful way. Ben, Matt, just, uh, do you have anything else to add before, before moving on? Yeah, obviously, like, everyone, um, like, people use drugs for, I think, a, a hell of a lot of recreational drugs, at least for a lot of different reasons. But I think as a, I'm not sure, Alex, obviously, Alex is saying that his mom having cancer is probably an issue. But mm. 
also as a as a professional sportsman you so it's probably the the career in which you criticize the most actually maybe bar like a politician or something because the the pressures on these guys are so extreme and in a, a like Obviously, they're in control to a certain extent of their own kind of performances and stuff. But at the end of the day, in, in sport, a lot of it comes down to, you know, randomness, bounce of the ball, luck, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. I think a lot of the time they, they probably feel quite powerless because, you know, just week in, week out, they're kind of getting getting taken apart by the media. You know, the fans are saying they're shit, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, yeah, so I, I can imagine like uh, recreational drugs being a, being an outlet for that. But at the same time, like, you know what? A lot of a lot of people have shit lives. A lot of people have a lot of stress in their lives and they don't turn to and they don't turn to drugs. So I don't think we can completely say, Okay, yeah, James, we're gonna give you this one, but yeah, like it, it does seem like there are circumstances, let's say that. Uh, I am sure you'd be the first to like to admit that there's no excuse. Yeah. No no yeah. no no hundred no, percent. No, but yeah, I do sympathize with him. Uh Matt, anything anything to chip in? <clears throat> Um, yeah, of course he's from the, the Reds, so keeping that streak alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, I think the, the, it had to be a Reds player. If it was going to be anyone, it's going to be a Reds player. Yeah. I think sort of this, I want to say the saddest angle, but sort of the angle that sort of worries me a bit about this story is by the sounds of it, according to old Brad Thorne's policies, even if Slippers now two months is up, chances are good. He's going to be surplus to the needs of the Reds. Yeah, and then uh, another Australian. Which is, which is not much. a. Yeah, yeah, because Slipper's got a very apparently. Achna Slipper, Thorne's got apparently a very hardline approach to this sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. I think, I think, it, I think it's funny when people use the term hardline. Uh, yeah, hardline especially. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, the, that was the headline. I'm just quoting off the headline I've seen a couple of times. Uh, okay, my, so my, last time, my last chip in for this is it's, I find it funny that um, a player who uses cocaine, which is obviously illegal but and a bad habit, that ultimately only harms himself is given yeah. two months probation from the game. Yeah. Whereas, whereas an openly homophobic and you know, ultimately quite hateful rugby player is not given any punishment whatsoever. <laughs> and, admittedly, not legal, not, not legal to be a bigot. Um, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, ultimately, if your if your justification for punishing someone within the game is that they're supposed to be role models, I don't know. I don't know how you really reconcile that. Uh, yeah, that, I think anyway. yeah that uh, that one you can discuss for quite some time. Uh, there's uh, I do, I do see uh, certainly the merit in the point that you're making. Now where, where there's so, certainly no merit whatsoever, Ruan Boerter, I know we were chatting. He maybe cost himself a place in the Springbok side by putting a shoulder to the face of a Jaguars. Falafeninga decided to do a very soft headbutt after getting a penalty, and Raymond Rule decided to get in Ruan Combrick's face's way with his hip. Didn't use his arms. Yeah. Elbow. 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 Elbow, yeah. And it seems Elba. all three of them got reds. And you know what the common factor is? None of them are Kiwis. Joe Moody. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, mm. I'm really pissed off by the fact that Frank's and Moody get away from Moody. And uh, to, to our Kiwi, yeah. this is, I apologize for saying this, I'm just sick and tired of the somewhat arrogance oh. that's coming out. The New Zealand rugby fraternity say, oh, they're not thugs. Look at their defensive records. And it's just, it seems no, the, like the, Kiwis what get I'm away say with the, bullshit. Okay, I'm done ranting. The Kiwis yes, got lucky. I was going to say, the Kiwis <laughs> got lucky in this regard because their guys all got pinged either afterwards or... Too, either after the game or too too much play had gone on that they can't they couldn't go back to necessarily review them. So the Kiwis <laughs> essentially got lucky with their bullshit. Oh, it's all, it's all, it's well, that, that shouldn't have any, that should it shouldn't have any impact have, on the sighting, though. 
Yeah, does it? Yeah. No, I don't think it does. Because they're not getting pinged enough. I don't know. Anyway. um, There should have been a fourth record. Did you read the the follow-up on, not Joe Moody, not Crockett, who was it? Franks? Franks? And uh, they said, James Parsons. Sorry. The other one. Yeah, they said a mitigating factor was he apologized to James Parsons. Yeah. And And James James Parsons said it was bullshit. But then then his lawyers... He said he hadn't hadn't got an apology yet. Yeah. Yeah, then his lawyers like, no, no, he tried apologizing, but he didn't accept it. It's just... I think there's some bullshit. Bull- there's some, some bullshit there. Um, if I'm James Parsons, you're absolutely right. I know it's like, oh, be a man, tough it up, but no, it's it's. Uh, he got concussed. He walked off the field. Crusaders ended up Yo, winning the game. game. Was over. Yeah, Crusaders ended up He's beating gonna... the Waratahs. Fat chance, and the Waratahs, uh, to their credit, please. didn't moan about it too much. No, no, the, the week the before. Was, was... Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting caught up in all yeah, the replays. <laughs> the Blues game. But anyway, I, I, enough, I guess enough of crying over spilt milk. I understand from what I read that Ruler will have his um, disciplinary hearing tomorrow. And I think along with Falaf and I get Oberta. Damn it, wait. I read this somewhere. It is... Engelbrach got a warning, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he got lucky. He was lucky not he, to get a yellow red. He should have been a fourth red. He should have been the weekend sports red. Yeah, he should have been the weekend sports red. Was that the next I think the ref... Yeah. Yeah, oh, that second, that second yellow. He got a warning for it. So then, it uh, wasn't enough to be a red. It was a yellow. But I, I wonder, red. I wonder if Rule hadn't got that red. If Engelbrecht uh, would have been awful. Have, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think you're uh, right. Engelbrecht was bad. Which, which is bullshit because every you can't assess something in terms of the game. It's got to be assessed on actually what happens. <laughs> That's why they call yeah, him the bounty hunter. <laughs> Um, but yes Engelbrecht received yellow Uh, I'm just seeing here if there's anything else Uh, oh Boetzer will face the foul play review committee on Sunday while Rule and uh, Faenanga will have their date on Monday so I think all of them will be suspended for two weeks uh, I think Faenanga is in serious trouble I think he's going to get about eight weeks yeah people crack down on that sort of stupidity like doing yeah, some, uh... that, that, that kind of shit. That that's not like I would be. I think Rule Rule might get away with it. To be honest, they might deem that he like whatever. Oh fuck yeah! It's, it was just sort of how he was landing, and what is just a fucking retard though. Like, what did see that? Like, remember we, we were talking about this the other day. How he's just unnecessarily aggressive. Yeah. 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 Out of curiosity, when because CJ Stunder and. As you yeah. said, Alex, CJ Stunder and Rulez cards are very similar. Yeah. Can you remember how long CJ Stunder got for his? I, I, I want to say four weeks, but it might have been six. I can't remember. I didn't look it up. I should have looked it up. Yeah, because I'm very curious if they're going to sort of police it similarly. Because when you mentioned it, I sort of had a look, and it did actually very similar circumstances. I'm giving yeah. it right I, now. I feel sorry for, for Lafa Yinga because I think he was probably... In the Aussie squad, possibly their starting hooker, actually. Uh, CJ Stunner only got one week. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's, so... he's not South African. Only South Africans copy uh, the band. But, you but, he is, but, but he is South African. CJ Stunner. Yeah, he is South African. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not South African for the purpose of the band. Yeah, it, okay, that's fair enough. Confuse the committee. They must have been like, oh, <laughs> African, but I'm playing yeah. for. Oh, oh, so sorry, sir. One week. <laughs> Yama Manier, you see, he's, he started off the band process wrong by saying Yama Manier. And then, <laughs> then, they, then everyone was confused. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? All right, let's, let's move on to something even more, I'm not going to say stupid, but uh, yeah, World Rugby are trying law changes that lower tackle height to, uh, in the brackets here, below the nipple line. What could possibly 
go wrong. World Rugby is trialling rule changes in men's international under-20s competitions that include lowering the height of tackles to, I quote, below the nipple line to reduce the risk of head injuries. The current height for a legal tackle is in line with the shoulders, but World Rugby said in a statement released on Friday, uh, Saturday, New Zealand time, this comes from Stuff that's here than Zed, that unprecedented research found that 76% of head injuries occur in the tackle. The trials are aiming to alter player behavior by getting tackles to attempt lower tackles, and there will also be revised sanctions on and off the field. Drew Mitchell, the Aussie guy, uh, the former Aussie winger, said, let's call it how, it's, how it is. Soon rugby as we once knew it won't exist, and we'll be watching touch rugby at World Rugby. With this interpretation, you're opening yourselves up for so much negativity. You've just increased the gray area. Well done. Um, y'all guys... As, as guys who've yeah, actually played it, rugby, what's what's the deal here? Well, I, it sounds like a, a, a more stuff for the referee to police, in a sense. Okay, okay, I, I have no... Um, I'm not basing this on any research, like all of my comments. Um, but I don't think head, head on head is actually... Or head on shoulder is actually a very common concussion. Like, you know, when you actually see a guy go off on HIA, normally it's head on hip... Head on knee or head on elbow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to me, I would say that not all. Quite often, what happens is two players try, and he actually swings over and hits his own player's head. Yeah, I you know, that more. Yeah. My my first reaction when I heard about this was that it wasn't actually about trying to stop like the direct sort of contact concussions. It's more about a whiplash. Yeah. No, no, but so, but I do see because there are a lot of things now where. They hit the shoulder and then they sort of slide up and they end up grabbing yes. the guy around the neck. Yes, that's so the other thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but is it is it the rule? Like, you must read the, the rule. It's the rule. As everyone's been joking, you're gonna have to draw them. either uh, like old George Clooney's Batman and have nipples painted on the jerseys, yeah. or at the very least a line across. But this rule, you've got to read it with. There's a second rule that's got, that they're also implementing with that that. There has to be a, the tackler has to sort of bend as well. You can't do that upright so two bodies slamming oh, into each other. Oh, upright of, uh, position. Oh fuck! So I can't. You, I can't. So, so we're going to make the tackle again. <laughs> JP. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to we're yeah. going to see the golden age of the legal spear coming in now at this rate. This is going to be weird. Oh, yeah, I, I just know. I just think I I think Mitchell's gone to something saying the grey area and also. Don't a lot of guys get uh, need in the head, in the face or the head or whatever by guys that say Ben Lamb with his oversized hips, for example. Yeah. Like, how do you tackle guys like that? If you want to go, don't go off the ball at all. Especially, especially now if you're forcing the tackler to bend down, so he's putting his head in a dangerous position. Also, yeah, as someone, I'll, someone I'll, on my Twitter feed pointed out, this this might slightly reduce concussions in the tackled player. But the tackler, I'm going to say, if anything, is going to increase going concussions. going to eat so many concussions yeah, to tackle that's, yeah. that's pretty much uh, my agreement. Right. Let's get into... Wait, what was Alex going to say? Someone on my Twitter feed someone on my Twitter feed was like, what if, what if someone's got a third nipple? Where do you tackle him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see the other one? I think I shared with this morning about the, that the one guy's just... The, the only upside about this is Israel Folau has to think of another man's nipples every time he tries to tackle somebody. <laughs> Funny how he keeps uh, coming up. Oh, uh, uh, look. He's, he's, he's Super Rugby's favorite villain right now. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying homophobia is good. I'm in fact saying homophobia is bad. But I do think sport sport needs villains. Yeah. I think it's good yeah. for sports to have like the bad guy. 
So in that way, maybe Falau's actually, you know, maybe he's very tolerant, and they've just this is a position he's taken to make rugby uh, more interesting. Uh, he's the designated heel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right. It's a generous thought. Let's let's have a quick quick look at at the games that were this weekend, starting on Friday night in what looked like a bitterly cold Christchurch. The Crusaders, who many of us thought were going to do the do the uh, do the Mickey and lose to the Hurricanes at home, prove us all wrong and essentially put on a masterclass in wet weather rugby. Bowden Barrett was quite disappointing. Richie Muanga, who I believe should be the All Black Ten, he won't be. But he's a better 10 than Barrett. He was excellent. Jack Goodhue, well, <coughs> excuse me, DDA2, he was excellent. And uh, overall, uh, yeah, the Crusaders played the wet weather right. Chaps, uh, I, I must say, missing a bunch of players, the Crusaders are just, uh, they're just impressive. That's all I can say. Yeah, they're a good, good outfit. That, I don't know, that, it was a disappointing game. Like, a I wasn't good outfit, usually... yes. I wasn't, I wasn't like massively shocked by the outcome. Like, I think I told you guys my yeah. super pick was Hurricanes by one. So yeah, when I saw the rain, then I was like, oh fuck, I've made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, same as yeah. me. <laughs> I changed it. I changed it the day before. Um, but even even then, I, I, I said like they literally had a wire Crockett. I think he got pinged with a second great. Oh, what the one thing I do want to complain about, Michael um, Alatoa's try before he scored, the ball got knocked on. And the referee, yes. in his knowledge, or, or like everybody, knocked the TMO, backwards, Adam. Yeah, got knocked backwards. No, yeah, I thought it got knocked backwards. backwards. No, it, it got knocked backwards, Adam. That's not a knock on. Don't what? come here no, now. No, it rolled forward. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, I know. I didn't... His arm was in front of the ball. It couldn't have rolled forwards. It would have had to roll over his arm. I don't know, guys. That looked like it went forward to me. I, I, I'd have to look at it again. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a little bit odd. Ben, do you have, do you have anything to chip on? Be yeah, I, I saw. I, I saw quite an interesting quote. Uh, another cricket crossover because obviously AB's retired, which I'm quite bummed about. But yeah, so, it's like, you know, you, you you hear all these quotes about AB de Villiers at school. You know, you like played Craven Week fly half, and he ran the fastest hundred meters yeah. time, and he was the SA badminton champion, and all that shit. Yeah. Perfect man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like they're listing all just these bullshit things, and then the first comment was, "But can he do it on a wet Tuesday in Stoke?" <laughs> Classic. I think that's the difference. Like the hurricanes, the hurricanes fine when everything you know when it's a nice clear day. Like like they for another Game of Thrones reference, they they children of summer, and the crusaders, <laughs> the crusaders. Are oh, a summer child. <laughs> you yeah, oh, yeah, sweet yeah. summer child. Oh, oh fuck. And then you like where the sh- where shit gets ugly. Like as soon as it was pissing with rain, I was like, oh, the satyrs have this. Because the Hurricanes, you know, they, they, they're pretty and, you know, when everything's going their way, they're fantastic to watch. But when it actually comes down to just shit weather, ugly rugby, a fucking arm wrestle, the Crusaders are going to win it every time. So, yeah, the, basically the Hurricanes can't do it on a wet Tuesday in Stoke. Well, Stoke True. have been relegated, so I, I'm going to just quickly shift it to, I watch a lot of football, a wet Tuesday in Burnley. I think that'd be quite epical, but I think, I think that's true. Um, yeah, the Crusaders... Yeah, I don't know. They don't seem to play the most exciting s- rugby. They just keep grinding out the wounds, and they're just clinical. They're Highlanders clinical, right? I think Highlanders their definition of clinical in this podcast. Apparently. Apparently. So, Not but according to, to full. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, for 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 what it's worth, I actually enjoyed this game. 
I actually had fun watching the forwards just you're, grind you're, up. You're a swap, Matthew. Like, yeah. but that's what I was saying. Like, Ben Lamb and George Bridges and stuff, they might as well have just gone to the changing rooms like 10 minutes in and been like, okay, listen. Yeah. We, 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 sur- like, we surplus to the needs of this yeah, game. We, we surplus to needs. Yeah. Like, come, let's just have an early one, get to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Put more flanks on the field. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, do wings go to the pub? What, is, what do wings do for fun? The beep test? Yeah, uh, they go to the they go to the headdresses. <laughs> yeah, not just run laps or something. Guys. They're just <laughs> right, right. Let's let's move on. Uh, traveling to Melbourne, the Sunwolves. Geez, 20 percent of people thought they're actually going to win this game in Superbrew. Uh, we're going to we will chat about this very briefly in our Superbrew episode. But uh, they got pummeled by the Rebels, 40-13. Jackie Maddox. I I, I do feel yeah. we should christen him with a nickname going forward. Oh, is it future uh, Wallaby? I, 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 like, like, I like I like J Mad. J Mad. Yes, J Mad. I liked him a lot. Marika Korobetti, you swine, gets a hat trick two weeks after I dropped him from my draft team. I still don't think really rates him, hey? Uh two of those. I'm sorry, okay. Two those tries his, his third no, his third try was good. Yeah, his third yeah, try was good. One solid. try was good. Yeah, yeah. The majority Ma- of his tries had a, had a big game. Uh Lamana Lemeki mm-hmm. scored a uh, Haydar. Conversion and two penalties. Mm. Reese Hodge playing at 10. I felt the Rebels looked a little bit more dynamic. Also, Reese Hodge kicks the living shit out of the ball. I don't know. He just seems yeah, like... Yeah. He's got a huge boot. And he's like... He's played, I told you, he's played live before. Yeah, he's good. I'm not, I'm not a little surprised. He, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, it's good to see Dave Vessels listens to the pod and uh, oh, listen yeah. to our advice about putting Reese at 10. So, exactly. yeah. Good. yeah. Thank, thanks, Dave. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure to help you out. Yeah, and uh, Jackie Maddox with those huge uh, thighs, legs, bum. Um, yeah, I like the look of him. I still think he could work a little bit on his defense. But, yeah, Rebels win. Um, they are, where are they in the Aussie conference right now? They are currently second, second I think. behind yeah. the Warriors. They're quite Tars. close. I think they're three or four points behind. Uh, one, Six, one behind the Warriors. One. Oh. Yeah, I'm busy looking at the logs here right now. Like, um, can, can I can I just say in the Sunwolves' defense, it was a Sunwolves B team. It was. Yeah. They were missing yeah. all the yeah. Japanese representatives. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So not 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 the worst result for them, and I do think if they had the full strength team, it would have been a lot closer. But the Aussie Conference rolls on. I don't really have anything further to add on that. I don't know about you guys. No, uh, you nailed it. No, I just want to say. Godzilla's yellow card was bullshit. I'm gonna say it now. Who's Godzilla? Uh, Samaki. When they pinged him for a yellow. What did he do? Did he knock down? Uh, no, he tackled the he tackled Meeks, and then he was on the rebel side. Oh, of the field. oh that that was bullshit. And then he stands up and Meeks pops the hands. ball to him. Yo, Meeks Me- pops the ball. <laughs> What's going on there? Jesus. So, Benny. It wasn't Benny. Benny, in and out, but... Quite, quite no, I'm hearing there's someone rearranging... Uh, clearly, someone got hammered last night, moving all the dishes and stuff in the background there. Oh, that might be on my side. <laughs> so, you were, sorry, Matt, you are moaning about uh, your boy being screwed over. Yeah, he was pinged for being cynical and deliberate playing the ball. From off offside, when they, I can't see where there was a maul or a ruck or anything at that point because he'd let go of the tackled player. No, but it's a tackle now. It's the new rule that so as yeah. as the tackler, he now has to come round through the gate. But so, surely so they they deem that he didn't come through the gate. But my argument is the ball wasn't on the floor. So but yeah. when Meeks popped it, it actually isn't a tackle anymore. It's Meeks attempting to offload. Offload, yes. yeah, exactly. So 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 once he does play. that. The, the ruck's actually over because the ball's out the ruck. 
and yeah. then because yeah, but I, I think the problem was Samaki sort of batted it backwards. Mm. I think if it had just hit him, it probably would have been maybe not fine, yeah, but it probably best. wouldn't have been a yellow. I don't, right. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought it was crap. Yeah, let's uh, right. Let's move on to also something crap. Uh, the game in Buenos Aires. That that uh, Yago Aires crowd gets bigger and bigger as the team from Argentina. They are slowly grinding their way to a playoff spot, and I would say deservedly so. Who was it amongst you guys who said that going playing the Yago Aires is bringing bringing them down to their level? That that's the Yago Aires style of rugby. But just I think the the biggest in- indicator. Of what happened. 18 turnovers conceded each amongst both sides. 17 clean breaks. I'm looking at the stats that I think come from Opta, which is from the New Zealand Herald website. 17 clean breaks to Yogaris, 6 to the Sharks. If it is beaten 18 to 20, Yogaris going first. More carries for the Jags, more meters, more tries. Defense, um, more missed tackles from the, shark, from the Sharks after making 30 more tackles. And in terms of set players, let's have a see here. No, nothing interesting there. Discipline, one red card to our boy Ron Boiter. Um Guys, I, I don't know. I, no, I don't know. Um, as a Sharks fan, I'd be somewhat disappointed. I like the Bulls. This is a very a reminds you of the Bulls' performance the week before. You thought they had a shot at winning, and they didn't do it. And the Yoga Aris took their chances. And uh, Mayano, your boy Alex, I understand you guys. Yeah. You guys hugged it out afterwards. He, he got a hat trick. <laughs> Rebuta was not helping his cause. So a very disappointing performance in the Sharks. They are the country's most enigmatic team. Matt, are they following your pattern of winning and losing? Um, yeah. I think I called them losing this one according to my pattern. I think so. A ben? Is the Sharks yeah, uh, put yourself in the mind of actually put yourself in the mind of Ant. What would Ant say about this? Beep boop beep boop beep boop beep. Not good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a robot. <laughs> I apologize. Um, just as a, yeah, I would be a bit frustrated because I'm from, I watched sort of the extended highlights or whatever, and it seemed like the Sharks actually weren't playing any worse. They just sort of, the Jags just took their opportunities. But just something, there doesn't seem to be a lot of like trust in the Sharks' defense because, like, quite often what would happen is the Jags would break, say, with two men. Then the Sharks would have two men in defense, like the wing and the fullback or whatever. But then eventually the wing would come into the ball carrier. So basically the guy with the ball would get tackled by two people. Then he would just either pass before that or offload to the man that's now free. So I don't know if it's a lack of communication or a lack of trust. or, But yeah, maybe they just didn't kind of discuss it as much. But definitely with the Jags, you have to say, listen, you've got to trust, trust your player to make his tackle. Trust the man outside of you. Trust the man inside of you. Because as soon as, because they're so good at kind of, they make the break, then you you double commit to the man, then they just pass into space. Like that happened, mm-hmm. I think, with all of the Jags tries. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. So I don't I don't think the the Sharks defensive. I don't think it's not so much their pattern. It's just a mentality more than anything. Answer. Uh, yeah. I think the worst part is they allowed the Jaguars to get a bonus point try. In, in the 80th minute. Just a very quick overview of that South African conference. The Lions, jeez, I don't know, they haven't been great. They lead the conference on 40 points, followed by the Jags themselves on 34. And then the Sharks, yeah, that, that loss has really hurt them. They're now down to 28. The Storm was 25. And the Bulls, um, this is really confusing. They're playing some good rugby, but I mean, we're going to get onto their, their, their shit fest a little bit soon. They're lost in the conference below the Stormers. And we've been like basing the Stormers as playing the worst rugby in the country. So yeah. yeah, but the Stormers have 
I have a much better home record than the Bulls at this point. Well, that's for sure. Jesus. But, yeah. Well, like the Storms have lost their last two home games. Yeah, first time since um, 2014. Yeah, first time. It's first time in like eight years or six years or something. Yeah. They've lost two in a row at home, which I'm quite surprised about, to be honest. Yeah, yeah me too. Oh, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, blown opportunity by the Sharks. Congrats to the Jaguars. I'm not surprised they lost two in a row. I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. No, same here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Well, look, all the South African teams, including the Jags, technically speaking, they're going to have an opportunity to lick their wounds. They're on the bye. It's only Kiwi and Aussie teams next week. So, or, or conference teams, excuse me, including the Sun Wolves. Now, moving on to the game of the weekend, I was quite gutted. I wasn't able to watch this, unfortunately. I was at cricket. The Chiefs, they ran our 39-27 winners against the Waratahs. D-Mac coming back to the fore. Tony Pulu, who uh, screwed me in my fantasy fantasy matchup. Andrew had him. Alex. Uh, and uh, I told you, I should have had him. We've had a back three. Have, yeah, yeah I know. But uh, fantastic performance by the Chiefs. They did score in the final play of the game. D-Mac going over for the try to give them that bonus point win. So... Scoreline does flatter them. Uh, there is life in Australian rugby, chaps. And Kurtley Bill finally getting a try this season. <laughs> yeah, shame. He's had, like he hasn't had the best ret- like return on his efforts this season. No, because I feel like he's been trying really hard. Um, like him and Falau and sometimes Hooper are, like seem like the only Waratahs that have really put a big effort in this season. So I'm glad he finally got a bit of meat. But uh, to be honest, they were just never going to win that game. From minute one, they were being outclassed. And uh, the D-Mac and um, Brody Retallick show was just pretty phenomenal. Brody Retallick is is one of a kind. He's got to be one of the best locks of all time. Ben? Yeah. Yeah, I would actually say I thought the Waratahs... I, I thought they were in for more of a hiding, and I thought they actually did quite well. At one point, it was very close. Like, they tried, the end, sort of, you know, they, they, tried, they tried the end sort of... They tried the end sort of blew it out a bit. But, you know, I, I kind of agree with Alex. It was sort of like it was just a matter of time till the Chiefs took it. And, yeah, I, I also massively agree with Brody. I think he is in... Con- oh. I don't really like. I don't know. I don't want to admit weakness on the show, but like my kind of back in the day rugby isn't great. But I'm willing to say he's one of the best locks ever. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. probably. Yeah, I think so. Because I would say I, I can't think of anyone sort of in the modern era who's comparable to him. Uh, um, no, his, his work rate maybe ridiculous. Maybe Victor, like Victor, just in terms yeah, but, of what he achieved. But, yeah, but Victor, yeah, in terms of very like. Physically, he wasn't that strong. But Brody has it all, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But you know he has it all? Takeli Nayavara. Did you see that, that lovely okay, lovely pass? He put he put Cam Clark on. Like it wasn't a spiral pass. Um, but they said he couldn't pass, guys. And he passed. He mm. set up a try. He actually got an assist. Adam, that's all he did the entire game. They took him off early. Did he pass or did Adam. he just like knock it sideways by mistake? It basically, it orbited him like a, like a little asteroid. You know you've... How they fling rockets around sort of planets by using their orbit. <laughs> I reckon it was a skip pass like that. They just sort of got it close enough to him that it could slingshot past him. Yeah, well, because, yeah, they took him off early and they like said, the commentators were saying he looks lost. <laughs> mm. That's funny. Uh, well, look, Curly Bill, he was the one who set up that try. He set up Curtis Rona's try uh, with a nice little uh, short ball that put him through a gap and that put them up. But then Big Rody, he went over. 
As well, I'm busy checking out the highlights as we speak, so and seeing what the great man that is Brady Retallick as well. But uh, I just want to make a quick point. Charlie Nagatai, 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 Nagatai. Nagatai, stop adding a syllable. Nagatai. Just ignore the G. Uh, it's hard, guys. It's so hard. <laughs> but look, he came back, and he... I think I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring up the stats here. He had the most run meters for the Chiefs, and I read that actually he's been agitating to move back to his uh, old position of 12. And the coach was saying, um, Chris Cooper, I think it's Chris Cooper. I do stand to be corrected on that. That like no, I wanted to. I think he kind of wanted to slowly blood him back into his old position or something of that nature. Uh, he's, he's ready. Yeah, yeah, I, no, yeah. So I have to bring this. He up, had a fantastic game. Yeah, but it's about it's about damn time. Um, players, sorry, man. Here we are. Right, Nightai, 101 meters, 14 carries, six defenders beaten, two clean breaks, six passes, three offloads. He he was fantastic. So Johnny Faulai, Faului, excuse me. Uh, God, are we are we going to see his like again? Of the absolutely oh, bang average New Zealand number 12. Is that era over for now? Like the era of the trial uh-huh. scoring prop. Has that passed? We haven't seen much. Uh, I sincerely hope so. I just, I, I've got a real soft spot for Charlie Naito. Yeah. Um, and all I just black. want him as close to the ball as possible. He should be an all black. I yes, agree. He should he's played, be. He's played one, t- one test. So he's, yeah. uh, he, he's an all black. I just worry with these concussion problems. I think I he's think done a bit more, good. yeah, he's done a bit more time for the Maoris, the Mario all blacks. Yeah. But, yeah. Look, I mean, it's not easy. It's, it's no small thing to get a, a backline jersey in the All Blacks. Um, yeah. But at, least, like, at the moment, he's fighting it out with Lamapi and Sunny Bill. Um, not to mention who else is, would be in the running. Uh, I don't know, maybe even Jordy at this point. But yeah, it's, I, I think he's up there. I think he deserves to be in that conversation. Yeah, but he's leaving at the end of the year. He's going overseas at the end of the season. He's going to France. All right. Uh, fuck. Yeah, but uh, I was gonna say Tony Pulis Jordy doesn't come. Sorry, I was I was gonna say Jordy just shouldn't count at twelve. But this weekend wasn't yeah. a very good barometer. No, it wasn't a test no, at he all. Was, he was very poor. But the the Chiefs train keeps on rolling, and finally we uh, we've been we've been calling it nine tie twelve is the way to go. So mm. Alex, is that right? What's good? Sorry, I just heard somewhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, so might have just been the tap. Oh, oh, okay. Are you, well, talking about uh, tap and go, hey, uh, <laughs> Aaron Smith, Aaron Smith, uh, he came on and helped the Harden as gets in direction and in a very hard fought uh, and, and tough game against the, against the Reds, where the Reds came out 15-18 winners. Excuse me, that the, the Harden's came out 18-15 winners. And Brandon Piango and Mose, he scored a try. Hamish Stewart's offer with a pretty, pretty amazing offload by Simon Kirevi. But Liam Squad, did you see? Uh, sorry, who's the Reds? The reserve number nine for the Reds. He just ran over him on his way to the try line. I think that guy was like, uh, did, did you see that? I saw it. It was, it was beautiful. Shameful. Ben, did you see it? Said Moses, Moses Sarovi. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was Moses, yeah. Okay, sorry. Shame. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I, I just felt justice. It's like he got hit by a French. That's what happened to him. And Tavita Lee, he came back and scored a try. Any comments uh, about this, guys? The Highlanders doing the, doing the business. Uh, tough on the Reds. They, they were better. Um, they've got actually a pretty good recent record against the Highlanders. So, yeah, Aussie rugby, guys, it's on the up, surely. 
Don't, don't they have to still lose like 37 games or something before they beat a New Zealand team, Adam? Oh, God, I hope not. I can't go through that again. All the Aussies going on and on about it. Oh, God. But yeah, it was... I don't know, it wasn't... In conversely to the Crusaders-Hurricanes game, this was a shit, a shit forwards game, so I didn't enjoy it as much. Well, yeah. there you go, Matt. So, so wait, uh, quick, out of forward play, Matt, we'll call it uh, the ruck barometer. Or, I don't know, it's a bit loose. Of the Ruckometer, what would you give it out of 10? The Barometer? The Ruckometer. But what, what was yours, Alex? The, the, the Barometer. But it, it now it just sounds like it's something that measures how many Baraka bombers are in the room. Yeah. Well, I, 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 out of how many missile drone strikes out of 10? Okay. The Ruckometer the scrums were actually the biggest letdown here because everyone just got pinged. I don't think they had a successful proper scrum. Um, I'd give this game out of five, let's call it a two. All right. Two. Well, you know, speaking about two out I'm, of five. I'm worried you wrote that down. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Sounds like you did. It sounded like you were writing it down, <laughs> keeping, a, keeping a tally. No, 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 I didn't. I promise. Uh, but speaking about two out of five, that's certainly what the Bulls deserve for losing to the Brambies 28-38 after Falafa managed to get sent off. Then the Brambies seemed to score more points and more tries. It seemed to make them a better team. But tries by Andrew Mohair, the, the best fullback in Australia in the last two weeks. Thomas Banks, Ben's favorite player in Super Rugby. Uh, Lachlan McCaffrey and Kyle Goblin all getting tries while Johnny Carter, Rolf Schmidt and Hunter Pollard getting tries for the Bulls. Ben, you're the man I want to talk about. Yeah. Tom Banks Yo. makes him so... Uh, I ate um, a pie for dessert at lunch because, yeah, Tom Banks, to be honest, uh, from almost the minute I insulted him, he was playing some of the best rugby out of any Australian. So, obviously, Tom's a listener. So, yeah, I'm glad it it gave you a kick up the arse, Tom. It might actually earn you a Wallaby jersey. So, you're welcome. But uh, who managed to actually check this game? Unfortunately, I missed that. I watched it. I watched it. Thoughts. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. I don't know. The Bulls just sort of. They were in position to win it. They had the red card, and then they just sort of, kind of lost, lost direction. I don't know. Gave up a bit. Like, it wasn't. A, it was just a, a pathetic little finish. Like, yeah, it, it sort of. It bummed me out a bit. The Brumbies were good though. They 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 pushed for space wide. They didn't seem as sort of shaken up by the Bulls' line speed, and they defended the mall incredibly well. Like, I think it was the best I've seen a team defend them all after they got really worked over by the Lions in the more. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, they kept on sort of, I don't know how they did exactly, but apparently it was legal. You never fucking know with a more though. But they, they kept on getting, what do they call it? Like moving through, swimming through, because you can't swim yeah, around, but, but you can move through. And then they would sort of reach over, normally like Carter or one of them would reach over, kind of pull the ball carrier in. Then at that point, it seems if you're holding the ball carry, you can collapse the mall. Or something like that, I don't know. Because then it's a tackle. Yeah, because now you're tackling the ball carry. Yeah, yeah, then, then they just sort of dropped the mall, and then the Bulls couldn't... But saying that, the Bulls weren't being very clever, because they kept on trying to maul when obviously the Brumbies had them, had them figured out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, all in, it was, it was a... Frustrating game for the Bulls, and again, Loftus very, very empty, so that's disappointing. Yeah, Alex, uh, you want to jump in there? Otherwise, we'll... uh, not, 
Not really. Like, I missed the end of the game. So when I left home, because I, I was walking to the stadium for the Stormers game, um, when I left home, the, the Bulls were winning, I think, or drawing, and I was surprised to find out that they later lost against 14 men. Yeah. Well, you, look, you've nicely teed me up there. Were, you were our man in the stadium, and um, I'm going to just quickly say a bit now, because I don't want to talk about the shit show of a game. I watched the first <laughs> half. It was a... Uh, God, it was just errors, drop balls, inaccuracy. It was just shit. Absolute pure shit. Uh, I did not enjoy watching it at all. I ended up kind of watching it a little bit towards the end. The Lions scrapping, another win, Ram Rule getting red. Overall, it was just a cut game of rugby. I know the Lions got the victory, but it did not do the South African game of service. And I'm done. Take it away. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm upset. I don't, I don't really want to say anything more than that. Like I feel like you summarized it pretty perfectly. It was just a shit game of rugby. Yeah. yeah. It was crap. And, um, I mean, the disciplinary issues that the Stormers had didn't help things. But I don't know. It just like I think Ben was it was or Matthew asked in the group which which of the two teams was trying to win the game or trying to lose the game harder. Ben, um, yeah, that was, that's Ben's system. Yeah, the, um, the Stormers have been losing have been losing games for years now, so they experts at doing it on purpose. <laughs> they, they hate you, Alex. That's why. That's mutual. Um, <laughs> um, just, just one thing I want to pick up on. Obviously, the Stormers' scrum was mangling the Lions' scrum. Yes. But do do you think it's right that a team keeps the ball at the back of the scrum until they've earned a penalty? Do you think that, in a way, is cynical play? So, I, it's I an advantage. It's somewhere to eke out a bit of an advantage nowadays. No, because the whole the whole kind of all the scrum rules are designed to kind of move move the ball through the scrum quicker. And then these teams are kind of deliberately scrumming more until something goes wrong. But isn't, it the, isn't it the same as keeping the ball at the back of a rolling mall until you get no. a, a penalty? Or you, a know, you, you know, you know, that ball. Yeah, you know, no. but it's the rolling mall. Generally, you're close to the try line, so there is a there is a possibility they're holding the ball at the back of that scrum. You know, if it's like on say halfway or whatever. They're holding yeah. the ball at the back of the scrum for no other reason but to win a penalty. Would you class yeah. that as cynical play? I think I think it is cynical, and I think maybe there's there's a middle ground solution because obviously a scrum is an attacking weapon in its own right, and if you can mangle the other guy, then he deserves to be punished. Yeah, yeah, you, you deserve some advantage, but a lot of the time the scrum was fine for like the amount of time it took for the ball to go from the hooker to the eighth man to the scrum half, but the Stormers yeah. were keeping it in until they got I, the penalty, which so I, I, I think, didn't. Yeah, I think what they should do is they should apply the the three second usage rule. So when the, when the ref sees the ball come between the eighth man's feet, then he says he calls a scrum and he says, "Okay, scrum, you've got to use it." And then in the next three seconds or however long, if they can mangle the opposition prop to um, stand up or to hinge in or to collapse, yeah, or whatever, yeah. if, they if get they a penalty. If they don't and they 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 use up that time, then it's a short time to the other team. What yeah. about if? I'm just going to throw a spanner there. What about a five-meter scrum? Because those take a bit longer than three seconds from, back, yeah, from no, getting the ball to the eighth man to pushing yeah, it over the try line. Because a lot of the time, the, the scrum wasn't actually moving forward. It was just sort of locked until, obviously, whatever Volko did his witchcraft and then popped uh, whoever it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, like it, is, it was Drea. It is difficult because you, if you're moving forwards, then you should be entitled to keep the ball at the back, just like with a mall. Because yeah, that no. is that's effective. Like it, it moves the defensive line back for the other team. The whole yeah, back yeah, line's got to start backpedaling, and then when you do line. come out with eighth man break, 
they're automatically on the back foot. So it's it's a hugely important attacking weapon. But, I don't, but, know. but I, I don't think they were looking to move the scrum forward. I think they were looking to force a penalty. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I didn't I, say you'd been wrong. Serious. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. But I, I think it, that as well, forcing the penalty with the mall. And also, when the guy, when a guy's stealing the ball and goes over, they just pretend to lift the ball until that guy gets pinged for holding on. Even when the guy's not holding on, what they do is they like push the ball into him. Mm-hmm. Like I, also, I think that in a way, in its own way, is actually cynical play. Uh, but uh, fuck. Uh, to ref a ruck, you literally the ref just walks up and flips a coin and pings that team because both both teams are infringing any ruck at any given time. To be fair, yeah, Probably. I don't know. They need to. I'm glad I'm not a ref actually because yeah. yeah, right. Let's okay. let, let's move on. Uh, you said you're glad you're not a ref. Are you glad to not be a selector? Rassi Erasmus is named South Africa's 40 man squad for the upcoming four Test June series. The first one happening in Washington. Sorry, Ben. What? Oh, sorry. I'll just actually. I'll, I'll just get off my phone. Cool. Oh, oh sorry. I was getting a good head of steam there. And then three tests against England. I think did I get that? that come back in. Nice yeah. well. Okay, cool. Well then. Yes. Uh, the squad consists of 24 forwards, 19 backs, uh, with 26 players with test experience, having a combined total of 627 caps. The 17 uncapped players are uh, Oxenshire, Thomas Toy, Arvin van der Merwe, Rudolf Sneeman. Is it Archer Sneeman? <laughs> sorry, is that, is that, oh, sorry, I've never actually seen Rudolf. Sorry, it's Archer. <laughs> Marvin Ori, bit of a surprise. Jacob Jenkins, uh, Second Buzo Noche, um, Quaka Smith, Ivan Van Sale, Ambrose Papier, Cameron Wright, Robert Dupree, Andre Esterhazen, Sibis Susan Kwasi, uh, Apiwa Dianti, uh, Makazola Mapimpi, uh, Tra- Travis Ishmael, and interestingly, five players have picked from overseas Bismarck Dupassi, Duane Vermeulen, who's rumoured to be coming back to South Africa next year. Five to click, France. Stain and Vili LaRue, along with the likes of the Zomkar, he's back. Uh, the, uh, the Bash Brothers, they're in. Peter Steff, uh, Detoy, he's in. Kitsoff, Low, Franz Malherbert, bit of a surprise. Uh, Mbongi, Umbanambi, even though he's had very little rugby. Taboka Mahoje, Francois Mostat, Beast. So I'm looking here. And then in the back, just to quickly run through it, is Zaku Am, one test. Kuren Bosch. Uh, Damon De Allender, uh, Robert Dupree, he's also been called, as already mentioned. Elton Yankees, Jesse Creel, and GCR. Back division is pretty light in caps. That's all I can say. So, guys, um, I'm going to yeah, let's do a quick round, round table to get your very brief thoughts. Matt, just uh, your overall thoughts on the squad, and uh, most interestingly, guys that maybe were not unlucky to miss out that you're glad to see the back of. Um. What I'm finding interesting is, uh, so to slightly spin your question, is the choices we've got at hooker. We've got Bongi, who's played, what, he's come off the bench twice for the Storm as a season so far. And Chili Boy, who, I, has he gotten much time as well this season? I don't think so. No, not really. And then no. Akko, who's now sort of become the starting Sharks hooker and, yeah. And then Bismarck. It's I don't know. For me, that's my sort of looking at the forwards. That's where I worry. Everywhere else seems slightly more balanced and fair. There's some guys who there maybe not shouldn't be, but yeah, I don't know. Hooker seems a bit like we've got Bismarck there as the old war horse, just you know for for you know like in the 80s 80s action movies, you know where they draft in the old veteran for just one more mission. <laughs> I almost have that feeling that Bismarck's there for that. Yeah. Uh, Alex, yeah. uh, your, um, your thoughts? I think 
I think scrum off's a big problem. Yeah, we have four of them. Um, so there's a lot. Well, yeah, we have four of them. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, Papier has, has had almost no game time. We, I know he's good, but he just hasn't been playing very much. Ivan Fonsale, I don't is, know. I mean, he's been up and down. I can't really tell if he's been any good. Cameron Wright, I think, has been good, but not great. And he's also not starting at his franchise. Uh, Fonsale's also taken turns with Warner to start for the Bulls. So it's a bit weird there. But then yeah. we decide, okay, we, we obviously this is a position we obviously need some experience in so we can justify dipping overseas for an experienced fly, uh, scrum half. Of all the experienced scrum halves to get, Fafta one is probably the least experienced. And also the one that no one seen, or not no one seems to play along with, but sort of tends know, like to struggle yeah, without... A, yeah, he's a bit of a maverick. And then, okay, from what I've heard, he's, he's calmed that down quite a lot overseas. He's barely rounded out his game really well, which is great. But I don't know, like, for all my, my down-talking of Ruan Pinar, who I don't rate generally for the Springboks, if you want an experienced scrum half to tutor the other three guys, like there really isn't anyone better than him at the moment. Yeah. There really isn't. Even you don't have to play him or start him, but even if you do, like he won't disappoint too much, or at least not much more than he has in the past for the Springboks. At least I know he's been great overseas. I don't know. I think it was a weird one of all the overseas scrums to bring in. Fafter Clerk strikes me as a bit odd. Um, and then my only other input, Travis Ishmael. Very strange to see him there above uh, Dylan Lades and Rod Comrink. I think either one of them... Uh, Comrink's not been on form, but I really thought that Lades would have the inside track on, on Ishmael. Yeah, but, but yeah. maybe uh, at fullback, Rassi might have other ideas, because Lades' best position think, by far is fullback. And he's yeah. got Bosch, I think, um, Stan. Yes, Matt? Uh, I was going to say, I think Comrink, after last night, is probably looking at missing a week or two. Yeah. But, yeah, we but, don't have any, how, but that's, how, that's how still eligible. Yeah. Do you think it is um, they would have taken into account? Like, Rule got, uh, like, Rule probably was getting suspended. Combrink was probably. No, I think they would have still selected Combrink anyway. Yeah, yeah. If, they wanted, if they wanted to. Like, you're not going to not select a guy because he might. Because, like I said, like I said, he would have been out for two weeks at most anyway. Yeah, but then they just pull someone yeah. else into the squad in his place. I don't yeah. know. And anyway, but, I mean. We can yeah, speculate think, as much as we want about Locke as well. Yeah. So yeah. Some, something that someone else pointed out, because didn't um, um, Fun, Fun, uh, Starden get injured last night? Eskom. Oh, shit, yeah. And someone yeah. pointed out that when they when they posted the list of, of, of called-up players, Nizam Kar was right at the bottom of the list, instead oh, of being in, in alphabetical order. And the speculation is that Eskom was going to be picked. And when he got injured, they made a last-minute decision to include Nizam Khan instead, which is why that's he was an, out of place. That's an excellent tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, oh, look, it, it's better I, than it, the it, look, it, because it, yeah, it, look, it actually drawing, feels... Drawing comparisons to when Luke, White, Luke Whitelock was literally penciled in on Jake White's team sheet uh, without his knowledge. So that's like an even more paranoid version. That's yeah. But, yeah. Overall, I think it's a good squad. Ben, your thoughts? Oh, I don't really like to talk about selection, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think something that we can kind of take from it is looking at where the overseas players have been picked and what positions. Because obviously, overseas, we almost have a there's probably a full Springbok 15 overseas. I'd say, but just look two two full yeah. full 15s. Yeah. Yeah, but but just looking looking where they've been picked. 
kind of clearly shows where where Rassi considers areas of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously we, we, we do with Marks going down, we do have a weakness at hooker. Um Lucy I don't know so much actually if we do have but a weakness. I don't know. It's, I don't really know what eighth man though. I think more than yeah, I think it's eighth man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe eighth man. Because presumably those overseas players, by the fact that they're obviously going through a lot more effort and a lot more expense to bring them over, it see it, they probably are at least going to be in the in the starting twenty threes. Yeah, I would assume so too. Sod Rassi's money. What does he care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But but you know you can kind of see. I presume they're all going to go to uh, to Washington now to play Wales. So that that's yeah. kind of our next thing. How we are saying that if you or pick for that Welsh game, does it actually mean you're probably not going to get picked for the English game? I, yeah, I think it depends on the players. So, like, if I was Rassi, I would I would um, pick a group of, let's say, five to seven uh, players who are both very likely to start in my starting 15 and have played a lot of rugby already this year in the Super Rugby. So, for example, Will Kolo. He's probably the first name on the team sheet at, at Tidehead. But, yeah. fuck, like, the guy needs a rest, right? So I'd take a few guys like him and obviously like Peter Stiftator who's currently injured and I don't know, maybe even I have a like, chair and a chair would be nice. Well whatever. So, so so and like Beast Beast as well, for example. Like Beast definitely gonna start, definitely needs a rest. Mm. And I'd pick five five to seven guys, keep them in South Africa at a training camp, and then I'd send the rest of the guys overseas to get together and get to know each other a little bit better. And then I try and prioritize playing the Northern Hemisphere players in the first game against Wales. And then the team on the on the return leg for the beginning of the series against England will feature the guys who stayed behind. And then fit in, you'll fit in whoever else is in the squad around them. That's yeah, I think. No, I, th- I think that, that sounds quite accurate. And I think as the guys have intimated, uh, the, the team that's picked to play Wales uh, will reveal a lot because uh, Rossi will definitely want to have as fresh a side as possible for the England challenge, which will be most certainly a challenge. I do think the Springboks, um, overall, as from a starting 15 perspective, I, it looks shit hot. Um, I, I, I am a little bit concerned with the choices, such as, um, let's see, I'm busy having a look over here, but Nizam Carr, I felt he's been pretty mediocre, uh, to be quite mm-hmm. frank, over, over the course of the season. I think he really merits his place. I'm very happy that Adris Kutsia wasn't chosen, same as... Um, Ross Cunier, uh, they just haven't been up to snuff. And then a couple of other guys, I remember the Ancensis, that thing, of who's actually been dropped. But You know, a, a uh, bit of a a bit of an outside one who I think actually would have been an interesting inclusion is Francois Fenter. Yeah, I think he's going overseas now. That might have hurt, hurt, yeah, impacted so, on it. Yeah, but but we're also, we're also they're pretty, not above taking foreigners. He earned his time. He earned his place. He, you know, in the in the season of eligibility, he played for South Africa. He played yeah. in South Africa, and I, and I think I think it would have been a big statement if Rassi had made. You know, he's not even in the squad now, but been making huge calls if Rassi had made him captain. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah but again, now, speaking of captain, I mean. How much he values more the um, the Pro 14 kind of as a strategic platform? Mm. Yeah, well, I rate so, it very highly, but we, we are stacked at centre, so I don't I don't think we need him. Yeah, and uh, out of curiosity, so yes, I was going to say out of curiosity. Speaking of Fenter's captain, who do you guys actually see as captain in this 40-man squad? Uh, uh, that's quite a tough one, actually. 
because I'm what, having a look now. Whiteley's no. out. It's best out. Um, look here, I'm not really the biggest fan of Bax's captains. I don't really know why, but um, maybe Beast. Maybe Beast. Uh, there's also I the problem with Khaleesi. I know he's I been spoken Beast about. Beast said he doesn't want to captain. I'm oh, sure I remember something about that. Too. Uh, I mean, Khaleesi would be the natural choice, but I'm worried he doesn't yeah. really play himself into the team. Uh, at this time, I don't think he earns a spot in the starting 15. Uh, he'd probably, he's mm-hmm. definitely coming from bench. I don't know if he'll, he'll be in starting 15, though. I think he'll play over Quacker at open side. Because yeah. it's really just the two of them as open sides. Uh, well, Notch and Carr aren't really... They don't really qualify. Oh. So it'll probably be Khaleesi, Jean-Luc, and Vermeulen. But um, interestingly enough, plan. yeah, one of the things that I, I should have brought up when we were doing the Stormers game, they they took Khaleesi off the field with like 15 minutes to go when they were losing, um, which was obviously a very questionable call. Yeah. And I think it, I think it was Kitchoff who stepped up as captain. Oh, really? So he's an, he's an outside shot. I mean, he, he's, he won't start above Beast. But I mean, yeah. Maybe. What about? It depends on yeah, who the starting. No, I don't, no, that's no. the thing. I don't know if he'll even start. I don't think that any of the backs really should be captaining. No. I think we're looking at we're looking at Khaleesi, Fumulan. I was gonna say Fumulan, yeah, but that I think Rassi's opposed to a foreign captain. Mm, so am I. Yeah. So uh, looking, Mast- everyone looking at the backs. Boston looking might at the be backs. Short, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but no, looking at the ever, backs, I can't see one of them that's guaranteed to start. Um, yeah. I'd um. say probably Jesse Creel. <laughs> I know. It's, I thought I you say um. Yeah, I am actually. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think I think Am and Creel will be the most likely starters. But I don't. I'm interested to see who does a stain, and also, well, I think Pollard's pretty locked down. Ten, five, at nine. Fullbacks, interesting. I, so like I think I think that the one guy who is actually guaranteed to start on the back line is Vili Leroux. Yeah, because fuck, he's got children he, even. Well, he has to. If he isn't playing fullback, then who's playing wing? No, but wouldn't you pick Galante right. Bosch over them, or you think he's coming back in for that experience? No, no, I do. I think that Galante is going to play fullback, which means that Vili Leroux is playing wing on the right wing. Yeah, and I seem to say in cover 10. Travis Ishmael's the only other uh, number 14 in the squad, and I don't think they picked him to start. No, I don't think so. I, I, I do hope Deante gets... Well, look, our wings is interesting. Deante, Ishmael, Mapimpi, and Corsi. So, I think he's got... Gone... some strike power. We've got some strike power in the field. Mm, and Corsi, I think, is very much a project plan. And Scorsi tries for a living. He's got a shot. Ishmael, he's a big guy. So, maybe he's looking for a couple of sides. Is it Rule? He, he, he didn't make the squad. Mvova didn't make it. Combrick didn't make it. Kutsia, Mapu got dropped Mvova out. deserved not to make it, to be fair. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at an answer to the graph here, and I see he's got Mvova missing out. Typically, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Typical Sharks fan. Just Mvova is <laughs> that, that to have missed Mvova. The rest of the country. I'm just, actually, no, no. I'm just actually trying to see on Ant's graph if he has the entire Sharks 15. Yeah. In some like, no, no, no. Ball. He's left Tyler, he's left Tyler Paul out. Yeah, he's left Tyler he out of Tyler to preserve the place. Okay. I'm yeah. surprised he doesn't have Keegan Daniel under missing out for Lucy's. And typical shock supporter. An important thing from a from a transformation perspective, I think the team. Uh, I do hate the fact that people are so exact about it, but it's like forty three point odd percent transformed. Um, like there's a big swath. Uh, of uh, players of color in the team as mandated by government and, and, and all of them there are virtually there by uh, merit. I just wanted to say that. But it's very important Please. to mention where we, where we are doing in terms of transformation as mandated by uh, government and also as committed to by Sari and Rassi Erasmus himself. So, uh, and, 
interesting progress is being made in that respect. I just want to note, Ant didn't count DDA as a person of color, so he's better <laughs> than Super uh, than Sports Twenty Four. No. No, did, no, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think this is UCT's fault because UCT used to count him as a person of color when he isn't. Is it? And I think it's just all sort of. Because yeah, Sport Twenty Four loves loves using him as as a POC. Yeah, and then report ran that story I think last year sometime. It was very distasteful about him being colored or something like that. And it's just like, Brie, what are you doing? It was it was quite poor stuff, um, personally yeah, speaking. Like, yeah. Yeah. DDA's got enough problems trying to catch the ball, bro, and child gaps. You know, that, that that's his own description. He doesn't want to have to think about this stuff. You know, especially he's got DDA two out there in New Zealand breathing down his neck. He might take the title of DDA. No? Ooh. No, no, I can't do that. You can't really reach on DDA. But yeah, overall I I like the look of the squad. I think also from a starting fifteen perspective it's gonna be very strong. And uh, we assume Rossi has a plan. Uh, I can only I can only guess. Uh, but he is missing the last of Lutiaga. Uh, it's a Beth Marks, Kuni Ersto's and um, <laughs> Big L, Big L, mm. yeah, Big Lizzo, and uh, he didn't pick Dreyer, uh, he didn't pick Strauss, I'm quite happy about that, along with Vandervelt, incredibly unlucky, Kyle Brink, I don't know if he was really in the conversation, Rolf Schmidt, he maybe might come through, so overall, bring it on, bring it on the test season, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, chaps, before before we wrap up, we've actually been uh, pretty solid. Any anything else? Little nuggets you want to uh, chip in there from the chip in from the from the fairway to the green? Mm. Um, the barbarians just beat England, forty nine thirty eight. Oh shit! Oh. Nice. I, I forgot about that. I want to look. The, I'll, I'll go no, no, we just missed the shot now. That's why I'm just had a look. Oh, oh no, I lie. They're six. That's sixty seven minutes. Oh, sure. I can go catch the end. Nice. Let's wrap so this up. Can catch, yeah, let's wrap up and we can catch the last ten. And yeah, and then also Leinster, they won the Pro 14. You know, the first team to win the European yeah. Cup, um, Pro 14. I know it's not called the European Cup, it's for the sake of simplicity. Uh, they won the double, and they were the first team to do it. They beat Scarlets 40-32 in Dublin in the final. Just judging by the highlights, it looked like quite a, quite a hectic game. Uh, chaps, uh, unless there's anything else, that, that's going to wrap it up, I think. If, if we happy to present, yeah. yeah, you guys can watch the end of the Barbarians game. Ben, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us and gracing us with your wisdom. Oh. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. And uh, Alex, thank thank you as always. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. And uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, hope you enjoy the Barbarians game. Thanks. Kiff. And yeah, please check us out. We'll be coming out with our Super Brew episodes. I think we might learn about the 26-man squad going to the United States. We might comment a little bit on that in the Super Brew episode. And it'll be one of the last fantasy episodes. It might be our last fantasy one, guys. Yes, it will be before the international break. While... Um, International break is on. We will not be doing fantasy for obvious reasons, uh, including um, Super Brew. So the structure might change. We will be, be out there on the airwaves every Sunday. But in terms of other content, we'll just have to discuss it amongst ourselves. But we will keep you informed. Thanks for listening. You can catch us out there on the webs and have a good evening. <laughs>